What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great and just having a wonderful day. Uh, thank you so much for connecting with us, and I am really excited about what God has for us today because we are in a series called Radical Love. You know, radical love is something big, it's audacious, it's amazing to think about what would it look like if we actually lived this out in our life. And, and just so you are aware, part of this series comes from the fact for us as a church, we have launched out on a new vision statement. And we, we just wanted to redefine our purpose and focus in on what the Lord has for us. And so I, I've shared over the last couple of, of Sundays that we have you know, this statement and we've read it. But I want to share it with you one more time because it's, it's just all-encompassing for us as a church and to help us to live this radical love out. And so here's the new vision statement that we've adopted that we're moving forward with. And it's the fact that Grace Church exists to transform the Space Coast where we live with the radical love of Jesus. And so I love that. It's powerful. It's significant for us as a church and something that we get to do. And it just is, is incredible. And so when you read that and see it, you know, there's this aspect of radical love and where we get to live that out and have just examples of love towards other people. But I think one of the big things is those, those things that we get to do and how we share that love comes from our pursuit of a God who is extreme in his love for us. And so that channels through us towards other people. And so we need to continue to remember that. So with this radical love and, and what that looks like, it certainly is directed towards other people. But I also believe that there has to be a part where you and I live this radical love for the Lord towards him, where our love towards him is just extravagant and, and it's passionate. And so one of the things that we do as a church annually is we participate in 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I wanted to share this with you. In order for us to have this love, to see transformation take place in our community, we have to have this willingness to surrender and pursue our God, to pursue the one who loves us and shows us what it is to love others. And so we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting starting February 1st. Uh, and, and, and we're going to go through, you know, most of the month for three weeks. And, and like I said, we've done this in the past for several years. And normally in the past, we've, we did it in January. Well, one of the things that we talked about just as a staff and, and for me just as a leader, I'm like, hey, you know, we, we talk about fasting and I preach a message on fasting right in the middle of fasting. So what if, you know, the idea comes that we launch in February for the fasting, but we talk about fasting in January. And so that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to preach a message on fasting, and I hope that that, that makes you excited, uh, and, and because it's this passionate love for the Lord and directed towards other people, and so it's this desperation that we can have, because we need that, because uh, we need desperation, because I'll tell you what, if you decide to fast, you're going to be desperate. You're going to feel that desperation. You're going to be like, I want to eat so bad. Like, you're going to feel, you know, just this, that idea and understanding of what fasting is, and just the reality of fasting is when you're in the middle of a fast, it's not fast. It is very slow. So if you've ever done a fast before, you know, like you're going to feel desperate, and it's going to feel like it's taking forever. And so I don't know what your background is regarding fasting, or maybe you, know, maybe you grew up in a church you know, when you were younger, and they didn't do any fasting, or they didn't talk about it at all. Or, or maybe you just kind of your understanding of how fasting relates to Christianity is, is that it's like Old Testament 
you know, law. It's like animal sacrifice. Like, hey, we don't do that anymore. Like, there's no, no fasting required anymore. But that's, that's just not the case, you know, so we want to do that. And even if you're not a Christian, when we hear the word fasting, oftentimes we relate it to medical stuff. You know, if we're having blood work done, they, t- they tell us to fast for, I don't know, 12 or 24 hours, whatever it is, before we get, you know, stuck and, and pass out there in the chair because I hate needles and it's like bleeding. It's like, ah! So like, like that's what we think fasting is just the medical stuff. And, but here's the deal. Fasting is taught in Scripture a lot. So there's actually 75 examples of fasting in Scripture. And so I'm going to touch on a few, but there's no way to be able to, to hit all of them. And so it's talked about frequently. And so for us as a church, as Grace Church, like this is something we, we participate in regularly. And so I want to hit on a few different points and, and some reasons why we fast and what we hope to gain as a result and why we would do something like this uh, in, in living out this radical love for our Lord and what this looks like. So one of the big reasons that we need to declare a fast is for repentance. Uh, so every single one of us in our lives, we're sinners. Uh, we struggle with sin each and every single day, and we have to acknowledge that before the Lord. And a lot of times we get hung up on particular things and addictions and, and strongholds that hold us back and hold us down. And, and I know there's been so many in my life that, that have held me down and, and held me back from experiencing what the Lord has for me. So I, I, like, there's constant repentance in our lives that we need. And so one of the great examples of Scripture uh, that where fasting was part of repentance is in the book of Jonah. Let me give you a little bit of background before I dive into the scripture because, you know, oftentimes we, we, we think of Jonah and we're like, hey, you know, that's the guy that was swallowed by the fish and stuff. But here's the deal. God spoke to Jonah. God speaks to him. And he's like, I want you to be a prophet to the city of Nineveh. I want you to go and share my radical love with the people in that city because they're, they're dealing with immorality. They're dealing with sin. They, they, they're, they're not following after me. The things that they're doing are detestable before me. So God says, I'm, I'm going to destroy them. You need to tell them what's going to happen because judgment's going to fall on them. And of course, we, you know, if you've heard the story of Jonah, like he's reluctant and doesn't want to do it, but finally he does. He goes to the city and he says, hey, watch out. What you're doing is wrong and God's going to unleash his judgment on the whole entire city and destroy it. And so the thing that's incredible is they listened. And and in fact, the leadership of the city listened. And the king that was there, he he said, all right, I hear what you're saying. You're the prophet. God is bringing a message. We're going to declare a fast so that maybe, just maybe, this doesn't take place. Let me read these verses for you. Jonah chapter 3, starting in verse 7, so powerful. It says, Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps, even yet, God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. And so there's so much going on in these verses. One, nobody was eating. 
not even the animals. And so, like, this is a big deal. Like, this is, this is citywide. For us, we want this to be churchwide. We want you to participate in this. And, and the thing that's incredible is as a result of their repentance and the fasting, God says, I forgive you. And I, that, like, that's the God that I serve. Like, when I do things wrong and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I don't want this, and, and I, I want to get this out of my life, he forgives me and he brings cleansing. And we can have that in our lives as well. This fasting is, is for us. We need repentance. It's for our city. It's for our people. It's for our region. We can cry out to the Lord, uh, to, to him, that, that he would pour out his blessing on us, for our nation, for our people, th- those that we know, those that we care about, for the business that you own, the business that you lead. For your employees, like that's the type of thing that God wants to do. And this is so powerful for us. We've got to grab a hold of this and adopt this type of lifestyle and live it out. There's another great example in the book of Nehemiah where Nehemiah, you know, great leader. He actually was in captivity, uh, but he had been, he's in, he's in a position of leadership in captivity. But of course, his heart is bent towards the Lord and his people and Jerusalem. And, and so when he heard that Jerusalem had been completely destroyed that the walls were torn down, that the gates were burned up. This is how Nehemiah responded. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4, When I heard this, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. And so Nehemiah like great man of God, he's acknowledging his sin. He's like, I have got to have forgiveness for my sin. And then also, as, as it continues to unfold, Nehemiah cries out to God on behalf of his people. You know, God, we have sinned. We have strayed so far from you. And so I want to tell you, like, we can fast. We can pray. We need to cry out to God for repentance and cleansing in our life. And for those that we know, that the sins of our people. And so that's one big reason in for us to, to declare this type of fast uh, as a church and as a people, to, for God to do something amazing. Another reason is for breakthrough. I, I love this. You know, we want breakthrough in our lives all the time. There's things that we're encountering, encountering barriers that we feel like we're hitting up against, and we want to break through those barriers. I'll tell you what. When you fast and pray and cry out to God, he hears you, he sees your heart, he sees what's going on, and he wants to help you experience the breakthrough that you long for. Uh, One of the great examples of uh, of breakthrough in scripture is Jesus' disciples, right? Jesus' disciples, uh, he, he was empowering them to go to different towns to pray for people. They got to lay hands on people that were sick. They were healed. They got to cast demons out. So very cool, like miraculous things taking place. People getting freed up and experiencing the, like the spiritual breakthrough. Like the bondage was broken over them because these disciples are going out into their city and doing these amazing things with the power of the Holy Spirit and, and in Jesus' name. And then they kind of hit, hit a wall themselves. The disciples got stumped because all this stuff's taking place and then all of a sudden it didn't work. It's in Mark chapter 9, verse 28. It says, Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer and fasting. So they were casting demons out of people, and then all of a sudden, one of them like, wouldn't go out. It, it wouldn't come out of the person. And they're going, What's the deal, Jesus? Like It worked before. Why not, this, why not this particular one? And Jesus said, it's, it's going to take more. 
Like if you want breakthrough, if, they, if they're going to have breakthrough in their life, it's going to take a little bit more effort and design. So fasting puts us in the position to experience the power and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the other people that we're praying for. And so when you look at us as a, a person, you know, just for, you know, we, we are a triune being, just the way it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God designed us that way as well, where we have a body, you know, our body has our mind, right? And, and, and we have a soul and we have a spirit. And so what happens when we fast is fasting brings all three under the submission of the Lord. All three. Because oftentimes our mind is trying to dictate what we should do based on you know, thoughts and analysis and facts. Our heart and our emotions is trying to dictate what we should do you know, because we think we feel you know, it, that we should do this. Uh, but oftentimes our spirit wants to be the one that's leading and making decisions. But we're not dialed in spiritually to the direction that God has for us. We're making decisions based on our environment or other things or, you know, this thought or this number or this thing. And so just we have to understand that because we're, you know, spiritual beings, we are. That's the way God designed us, that we have, like, have this amazing connection with the spiritual God. He made us in his image, and our spirit is what lives forever. So our body and our mind and our emotions and our spirit, like, we've got to bring our spirit before the Lord and, and just cry out in desperation. And so the, the fasting is, you know, denying our body, you know, and, and, and then the emotional side, just recognizing where, where we just have gone awry in our emotions and, and let them dictate our decisions in our life and in our relationships. And then truly bring our spirit under the submission of the Lord. And so for us to do this together as a church is powerful. There is something very significant about corporate fasting. When, you know, when, when leadership just says, we're all going to do this together, and, and we're praying for an incredible movement of God, because what happens is repentance takes place and then breakthrough. And the other thing that's amazing that takes place is, is this incredible spiritual growth. That's another reason why we want to fast and need to fast, is for spiritual growth in our life. And I just... I see among just the American Christian culture that fasting is not a priority. I just, I don't, I don't hear a lot about it. Uh, you know, I don't see it a lot uh, amongst, you know, us as a nation, amongst a lot of the churches. Uh, it just, and maybe you've never done it before. Maybe you're going, <laughs> I've never fasted. And so here's the deal. Like, the, in order to have, you know, the spiritual growth in your life, I just want to challenge you as, the, as if you give me a voice in your life and you call me your pastor, I, I want to lay before you that the spiritual growth that maybe you're longing for and the next step that you need, it maybe just maybe is fasting. And I realize that's hard and maybe you're, you're like, oh, that, that seems like it'd be so difficult. It is, and, and it is a struggle. But if you're going to experience the repentance, the breakthrough, and the spiritual growth that you long for, Sometimes, don't you, don't you see, like, God puts things in front of us, and he's like, hey, this is going to be challenging, but you need to do this because I'm going to draw something out of you so that way I can replace it with more of me. And that's exactly what he wants to do, is remove the things and the obstacles in our life so that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit takes place, and we become more reliant upon him. And so that spiritual growth 
And for us, as if, if you claim Christ as your Savior, our goal is to follow after him. And in following after him is to model our lives like his. And, and the fact is, is in the New Testament, you know, Jesus fasted. He, he fasted regularly, and he instructed us that we are to do it too. In fact, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, this is an expectation that Jesus puts. Are you ready? He says, and when, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they, they like to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. So there's key language in there where Jesus, right out of the gate, he says, when, when you fast. So there's obviously an expectation that this is something that we're to have, to do, to implement in our life. And when we do it, it's not supposed to be a show. Like it's not supposed to be on display for others. So when you fast, February 1st through the 21st, and somebody says, hey, how are you doing? We're not supposed to go, I'm doing terrible because I'm fasting. Like, this is awful. This is, my stomach is growling, and this is the worst. My head hurts all the time, and like, I just am so mad. I just want to eat. Like, that, like, that's not the response that we're supposed to give. You know, and so we've just got to recognize that, you know, when we do this, it's going to be challenging. And so we are to push in and persevere and endure through that so that we can experience what God has for us. And so with all that, with just that understanding that we should be fasting, there are different types of fasts that we can participate in. And I just want to say, like, right out of the gate, like, I love you, I'm passionate for you and, and your health and who you are. So if you have health restrictions, there is no, like, judgment, no guilt, no condemnation. In fact, if you have some health issues, I would strongly encourage you to talk to, the, talk to your doctor about what it might look like if you want to, you know, fast and, and, and implement this in your life. Like, you have to, you have to use wisdom in, in, in the things that you're going through. And so, like I said earlier, we've done this for several years. Uh, I, and, and have seen just God move powerfully in people's lives, in their marriages, in their finances, in our church, in our city. Like that's what we're after. That's what we're pursuing after. And so because we've done this for several years, I've got a few funny stories like along the way that have happened. Like one of them, um, a, couple, <laughs> a couple of years ago, there was a, a mom and her daughter. Uh, her daughter was a little bit older, more like a, you know, a young adult type you know, age. And, and so they, they were going, we want this. Like we want to fast and, and we're going to do it together, just mom and daughter. And, and you know, we'll hold each other accountable. And, and so that's awesome. One of, the, one of the things that they decided was that they were going to fast for two days a week out of the seven. And so they, because that's actually in, in scripture, one of the models or one of the, one of the things that you can do. So you do two 24 hour fasts over, you know, a week long period. So one of the things that was so cool though, they were very open and transparent that, you know, after they had done this a couple of times, um, they started to struggle with just denying themselves food. So they, they started to, to make some smoothies and, and they, they shared with me that one of the days they were actually contemplating how they could put pizza and Oreos in a blender 
to turn it into a smoothie because they wanted that so bad, and so they would just have them together, you know, and call it, a, you know, a fasting and a, and a giant smoothie. And so, like, I love that. It's just, you know, the transparency, the desire, the heart uh, behind that. Pizza doesn't blend so well. Um, just FYI. Um, but so there's different types of fasting that we can do. So the first one that is talked about in Scripture is, is what's called a total fast. And so what this is, is you, you literally are not eating any food and you're only drinking water. So there, there's no sustenance. There's no nutrients going in your body. You're just saying, I'm doing a total fast. It's just water. And, and you can do that. And, and in fact, we can do this for an extended period of time. Uh, we just we think it's a lot harder than what it is, and, and you go through ups and downs. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I, I, I want to encourage you. We can do that. You can do that. You know, if physically you're capable, that's, that maybe is what you need to do because it, it is drastic and desperate and shows our heart for the Lord. If you don't feel like you can do a total fast, then a, another type of fast is what's called a partial fast. And so what this is is you're, you're drinking juices or smoothies, um, not, not like Oreos and milk type smoothie, but, you know, just other types of fruit smoothies where you're getting some type of nutrients. And, and, and I get that, totally understand, and, and, and so there's some of us that we have to do a partial fast. Then when you look in Scripture, another type of fast is what, what we call a Daniel fast. And this is in the book of Daniel, you know, in, in, in the first chapter, if you want to read it, where, where Daniel says to, to, to the leaders in Babylon, he's like, hey, I'm not, well, not going to eat your, what they call choice food. And so what it was is he didn't want to eat the meat that they were, use, that they were eating and giving to the, to the people in the king's court because that meat came from the animals that was being used as animal sacrifice before their idols. And so it, Daniel didn't want to have anything to do with animal sacrifice towards you know, false gods. And so he says, hey, I'm going to eat this other stuff, fruits and vegetables and nuts and things that are natural and then you decide, you know, if, if, if I'm okay. And, and so then you get this aspect of Daniel where it's, at, it's in Daniel 10 where he does a fast for 21 days. And so that's where we come up with our, our 21 days. 21 days of prayer and fasting because psychologists have also determined that it takes about 21 days, three weeks to determine or, or to establish a habit. And so I want to be so bold that we would do this corporately as a church that it might become a habit for you in your life. So you have a total fast, a partial fast, a Daniel fast. And then I, there's a fourth category that I, I put in there, and I just call it the other stuff fast. Um, so it's just like the other stuff. It, it's like alcohol, it's smoking, it's marijuana, it's spending, it's caffeine. Like it's the other stuff that, that you have in your life that you go, oh man, I, I need to break away from this. And so I just want to challenge you, like, it, you can break away from those things. Now, this has actually been a part of my life for about 15 years. Uh, Nicole and I started, this, started the church, actually, next week is 11 years we're celebrating, so uh, we're going to have a party and fun, it's awesome, uh, something we get to celebrate. So uh, it's actually 16 years, because I was on staff at, at a church up in Jacksonville for five years, and in and that church is where, we, where I got exposed more and more to fasting. I, it had been part of my life previously, but it became a regular part of my spiritual life about 16 years ago. And so for about 16 years, what I've been doing is fasting about one day a week. 
And so over the course of a year, I fast about 40 days-ish. I don't fast when I'm on vacation. I eat when I'm on vacation. And so like there's, and there's times if I'm sick and I'm not feeling well, like I won't fast. So it, it's, it's at least 40 days a year that I fast and, and I, just, I just declare my declaration before the Lord. Normally for me, it's Mondays, just FYI. You know, I, I love what I do. I'd love to preach messages and encourage you and challenge you with the sermons. But then on Monday, I'm just as excited. I'm, I'm excited about in six days, I get to do that all over again. So I fast on Mondays because that's when I write. We write messages. And dec- so I, like, I want to be in, in, a, in a position and a posture where I'm hearing from the Lord. And so this has gone on for, for several years. But um, when I first started... Uh, I thought I was going to die when I did my first 24-hour fast. Just so you know, like if you have not fasted before or if you've done it before and you're like, oh, like it's challenging. It is. It is very, very difficult. But the thing that's so interesting is there have been times in my life when I've missed a meal. You know, I've skipped a meal, whether I'm busy, you know, doing work or I'm, I'm out, you know, doing something or no food or well, I just kind of, cru- you know, you cruise right through. And many of you have done this as well. But when you fast, when you skip something, it's like torture. I don't know why that there's a difference, but there is. It's you know, just the busyness or the, the frame of mind. And, and just to be quite honest, I've had fasts before where I've declared multi-day fast, and I've set out that as a goal, and I've shortened them because <laughs> I couldn't take it anymore. Like, I couldn't handle it. Uh, I'll share a story with you with that. So there was uh, several, a time several years ago where I said I want to do five days, like I wanted to do uh, a five-day total fast, where really I was going to start out kind of three days total fast, and then the last couple of days, you know, have maybe some, you know, some broth or something like that. (laughs) So here's the deal. I was doing okay at the beginning, and then you know how you just kind of hit this wall and you just kind of crash? By day three, I was over it. I was over it so bad that that night I was like, I'm not going to day five. Day three is good. God loves me with day three. You know, I think you feel the, you know, the, the anger rising up. And so literally I made a meal for dinner on day three for about 25 people. And it was for me. And Nicole came in and she's like, wow, I guess your fast is over. And I'm like, yep, it is. It's all done. You know? <laughs> so it's just reality. That's just being transparent. You know, and, and so... Uh, I just want to encourage you with that. I I ate all the food that I made. Uh, But here's what we've got to get. A lot of times we have this understanding that fasting is meant to be punishment, and it's not. Okay, It is not a way through Scripture that God is trying to punish us for who we are. In fact, it's quite the opposite, where it's actually you and I. This isn't coming from God. Does he want us to fast? Yeah, but you and I get to decide if we're going to fast or not. And we're going to decide what type of fast we're going to do. And so I just want to encourage you with that. It's not a way that God punishes us. In fact, it's us declaring desperation before the Lord, uh, asking, begging for repentance, breakthrough, and spiritual growth in our life, whether our lives or marriage or family or work or you know, business. And so like, those are some different types of fasts uh, that you can do. And I would strongly encourage you, and in fact, I would, I would just vehemently just say, you need to pray. You need to pray and ask the Lord what your fast looks like. What does it look like and how long? And he'll tell you. Like, he'll encourage you. He'll show you. 
so then there's also just some simple tips, and these are very practical tips for you just to, to, make, to have a successful fast, because I want you to be successful. We want this to be part of your spiritual life. So one of the things is that you're supposed to ease into it and ease out of it. So if I say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a, a three-day total fast, uh, well, that last final meal, you know, at 11.59 p.m., you don't crush a 96-ounce steak. Like, that's not, that's not kind of the way it's made. You're supposed to ease into it a little bit, you know, with some soup or some light salad, that type thing. And, and, you know, light. and then when you're coming out, certainly your, our bodies respond in different ways. So you don't want to just, like, go to the buffet when you're breaking your fast. You want to ease out of it uh, as well. Whether, regardless of the length of time of the fast that you're having. Then also another tip that I want to share with you is uh, called staging. And so we do staging in our life all the time. It's where you are putting things in position so that you can be successful. Like, for example, if you go to work out in the morning and after work you've got to go into the office, you take your clothes with you. You take a bag to the gym so you can shower and, and get ready. And, and so that's staging. It's so that you can be successful and, and everything can run smoothly in your life. We do staging all the time. Uh, and so we can do staging for our fasting where we're making preparations. A great example is if you say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast one meal a day and it's going to be lunch. I'm going to eat breakfast and I'll eat a hearty breakfast and then I'm, I'm going to fast for, for lunch. You know, what, what, maybe you have to go into work for, for the office or whatever. And, and then you're, you, you know you're going to have family dinner, but that you're only going to do two meals a day instead of three. Awesome. So during that lunchtime, you don't go to the work cafeteria to hang out with your friends. Like that's your, your coworkers. Like you don't do that. That's poor staging because you're going to be staring at their food, watching them eat, and you're just going to get hungry. And, and so staging is making those preparations. Maybe you decide that you want to do the partial fast and you want to do smoothies. And you go, hey, I want to do smoothies for 24 hours or 48 hours. And, and so what you do is, you know, you, you buy all the elements and the things that you need to do your smoothies. Maybe you're going to work and you're like, hey, I'm going to bring my smoothie with me and I'm going to put it in the fridge or the freezer, whatever that. So that's staging so that we can have success. And, and if you decide that, you know, total fasting is the route that you're going to go, and I would encourage you to do that. If you've never done it, man, it, it's incredible. But you don't go grocery shopping when you're on a total fast. Like bad, bad, like bad thing to do. So staging, just being smart with that. Uh, and, and then just another tip is, is you actually want to brush your teeth often. I know like that, you know, my hygienist says two times, two times a day, you know, early morning and before you go to bed, great. You may want to mix in like three or four, just FYI, because what happens is your body will start to detox. And one of the ways that it detoxes is through bacteria in our tongue, and your breath is going to stink. Like, it's going to be bad. And, and so, you know, if you're dating or you're married, like, they're not going to want to kiss you. So brush, like, good, have good oral hygiene, that kind of thing, and take your toothbrush to work. Like, why not? You know, when it's lunchtime, you're going to do your devotion. You're going to read and pray, you know, off maybe in a quiet place, out at a picnic table by the lake or whatever it is. But you brush before, like before you head out, because it, it kind of puts us in this position and posture of where we're going, where we're headed. Now, also, unfortunately, there are some negatives that come as a result of fasting. And, and what that is, is that's our body detoxing. 
Like if you say, hey, I'm going to stop smoking, you're probably going to deal with a little bit of the withdrawals of stopping smoking. Like that's just reality. If you're going to break free from caffeine, and some of you are going, uh, nah, I ain't doing that. So like if you break away from caffeine, then uh, you're probably going to have headaches. Uh, like, you know, a few of the mornings when you get up. and like, So just recognize that some of those things are going to take place. But it's actually a good thing. I don't know if you've ever done medical studies on fasting, but it is proven that regular, having fasting as a regular part of our life is very healthy for our body, where it has an opportunity to get rid of those toxins you know, that are stored up in our kidney and liver and pancreas. And you know, that, the way that God designed our body, it's amazing how it cleans you know, for, for, for ourselves, but then it also has to have, have an opportunity to release. And so fasting is a way that our body detoxes. But you have to deal with some of the, the things as a result. You also may deal with some emotional things, some anger, some frustration. And so when that rises up inside of us, what that is, is that's either our thoughts in our mind, uh, our emotions, our soul, right? That's rising up, the anger and frustration, that's emotions. So those, those things in our life, those two areas that where God makes us, it, those are trying to rise up and take authority again and dictate our life again and we say no 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 like we and that's so that's when we are we allow our spirit to be strengthened our spirit to be encouraged we press into the holy spirit during those times and we pray for breakthrough and so i just i want to encourage you with that and then if you decide to you know do a 24-hour total fast or longer you're probably going to experience fatigue and so um, staging means you mix in a nap just hit the nap pod for 20 minutes through your workday, and that's just part of the deal. You have to prepare for that. And here's why we share all this. Like, there's some, some spiritual things that have to take place. There's some practicals that you and I can have in our life. But anything of value in our life usually costs us something. Isn't that so true? There's, if, and if anything's super important to us, there's some type of sacrifice that we've got to make along the way if we're going to have that. And so why is it that we need to fast and pray? Because the, 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 the spiritual battle line has been drawn. There is an enemy, Satan, and he battles against us every single day. And so now we're towing that battle line. And fasting gets God's attention, and it binds the hands of the enemy. It certainly doesn't force God to bless us, but I'll tell you what, when you read examples in Scripture, like God, God does bless us. He pours out his favor on us. And when we're doing things that get his attention, I, I just... Can't you just see like a loving daddy wants to do it more and more? So I think the, the fasting, what it does is it creates a clearer path from us to our Father in heaven. And so there's a great passage of scripture that I want to give to you that you need to grab a hold of and, and have as part of your fasting and spiritual life. And it's in Joel chapter 2. This is the final verse that I want to share with you. Joel chapter 2, starting in verse 12. It says, that is why the Lord says, turn to me now. While there is time, give me your hearts. Come with fasting, with weeping and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and he's compassionate. He's slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. And so our God is faithful and loving and he's passionate for us. And so we have to live out this radical love for him, to honor him and to bless him. 
and to serve him. And so it starts February 1st. And I want to share this with you, like, with enough time for you to begin thinking, to begin preparing, to begin praying, God, what is it that you have for me? And so I want to encourage you, make a plan. Ask the Father, God, what do you have for me? You know, there's different types of fast. Maybe it's a 24-hour total fast. Maybe it's 48. Maybe it's longer total fast. Maybe it's the, the partial fast. I, I don't know what it is for you, but I, like God will show you. He will reveal to you. But one of the things that we're asking is that all of us would participate. What would it look like if a church that declares that they want to transform their city and their area with the radical love of Jesus go to the Father with this incredible desperation, are willing to deny ourselves because we want more of him in our life and our neighbors. That's powerful. That's significant. That's radical. So make a plan on how you're going to participate when you fast. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you, and God, we just thank you so much for who you are. Uh, you are loving. You are faithful. Lord, you, you want to pour out blessings on us time and time again. And so we receive it. Lord, we receive your grace. Uh, the, 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 the unmerited favor from you. Your love that we don't deserve. Lord, while we were still sinners, you poured out your love for us. Jesus, you laid your life down for us while we were disconnected from you. That's amazing. That's incredible. And so, Father, right now we ask that you would speak that you would be glorified, that you would be honored as we declare a 21-day fast, that it would be all about you. Lord, what, what are you wanting to say? What are you wanting to do? How are you hoping to move in our lives and in our families and in our workplace and our community, those that don't yet know you, Lord, that we would put ourselves with a humble heart before you that you might move. And so, Father, through your spirit, we open ourselves up how, what would you show us? And Father, just, I just, we just want to honor you and bless you. God, we love you. We adore you. Thank you for your strength. In the times when we feel weak, you are strong. Lord, even in your word, it says that we must become less and less. We must become weaker and weaker so that our dependency upon you would become more and greater. That Jesus would be number one in our life. So, Father, would you do something amazing, incredible, as we prepare our hearts to move towards a fast. God, what do you want to do? What, what dam do you want to break so that, that you can unleash this outpouring of your Holy Spirit? Lord, what block, what barrier have we put up that you're just wanting to explode, that we might see something amazing like never before? We prepare. We get ready. We're excited about what that looks like. Jesus' name.